Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. I have returned to the land of the living. I am a zombie. I am a zombie. I am a zombie. Every dead body that is not exterminated becomes one of them. It gets up and kills. The people it kills get up and kill. guys welcome to a special friday afternoon edition of rubber guard radio it is june 19th 2009 i am your host zombie matt manning and this episode of rubber guard is brought to you by our sponsors wrestlewarehouse.com you can get lucha libre masks t-shirts dvds a whole bunch of different stuff um tell uh jeff that uh, zombie from rubber guard radio sent you also, our other sponsor would be SlamBamJam.com for all your current and past Japanese and Mexican pro wrestling needs, as well as some obscure indies, uh, some old school stuff. Um, I highly recommend the uh, Classic Lucha. Uh, really good stuff there. Also, need to throw props out to the mothership. Stevie J and the boys over, oh, can't forget Lady J, over there at AngryMarks.com. Thank you again for hosting me and and having me as part of your team. Um, I have on the line now um, internet wrestling community legend, the man, the myth, the super cock himself, Mr. Rob fucking Naylor. Welcome to the show, Robert. Yo, nice to be on, man. Uh, I also like Slam Bam Jam, your sponsors. Check out that CMLL Japan, motherfuckers. It's really good. Word. Ultimo correct. Exactly. Beautiful. And that, and that Yakashiji guy, man, he's fucking crazy. He throws out Frankensteiners like it's fucking candy on Halloween and shit. Very good. Awesome. Awesome. Um, um, my co-host hasn't called in yet, so I guess uh, you know, ho- hopefully he's getting busy. But We could hope. Yeah, well, you know, the the running gag is um, at the end of every show I ask him, hey, Rob, do you have – or you, do you have anything to uh, do? You have anything to plug? He says, "No, not yet." I said, "Well, we're gonna have to get you a website or a girlfriend." So, one of the two would be nice. There you go. Yeah. Hook him up. There it is. Well, now, Mister Naylor, 
you're a lot like myself, where you you have an an odd taste in uh, pro wrestling. Um, I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, I mean, honestly, I think you know, I think people think I like everything. That's like my claim to fame. They think that. I just generally like everything about wrestling. That can be further from the truth in, in 2009. Uh, what I do like is pretty rare these days. But uh, one of the things I like, as we'll be talking about, is uh, wimpies. Like the, the squash matches of yore, you know, they're just they're so fun to watch. And a lot of people think that's bullshit, but those people don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Well, you know, I mean, for decades... You know, a, a lot of the time in territories where the job guys were the best workers because yeah. they had to carry these stiffs. Yeah, I mean, Terry Gibbs, for one. For the, there's different eras of wimpies, and I like WWF wimpies. Well, I like all wimpies, but to start, the WWF wimpies, you'd have your Terry Gibbs or your Ron Shaw from King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. And you had all these guys that could really put a good match together. Mr. X, who I think was Danny Davis, the evil referee. I mean, you had so many good wrestlers. You had Tiger Chung Lee, famous wrestler from Japan, I think. I mean, these are names that stayed with me for like 25 years. I don't remember who the last three WWF champions are, but I remember these wimpy names. Same with the NWA names. There was AWA Wimpies. There was guys like Pete Sanchez and Jake the Milkman Millman. They had these memorable names, and they were on all the fucking time because the stars weren't on every week. But more often than not, the Wimpies were. And I'm glad the term Wimpy is catching on, I think. I, I, that's what I called them. Different areas of the country have different names for these people. Jobbers is too smart, Marky, in my opinion. I like Wimpies. That just, that's a perfect name for them. Hmm. Well, I, I think back, um, A.J. Pedruzzi, Dave Barbie, you know, those <laughs> those guys that would always show up in Hamburg, you know, to, to get yes. murdered in, in 84, Joe, Joe Murto. Joe Murto Joe was Murto. fat wimpy. And I either they go, Joe Murto. And you go, and you just stick his arm up in the air. It was horrible. And then there's a the guy, Rusty Brooks, another fat wimpy. You always thought the fat wimpies could win because, fuck, they were fat. They seemed to have some semblance of a weight advantage, but they never did win, unfortunately. But, yeah, Rusty Brooks and Joe Murto. Dave Barbie cracks me up. I love it. Because <laughs> he was like a jacked-up wimpy. Uh, and, yeah, Hamburg, Pennsylvania, that was – and Allentown was the other place. And Poughkeepsie, New York, you know, all these people – uh, Mario Mancini for the Italians in, in New York. He was a big one. Uh, Gino Carabello was another. <laughs> I could go on for fucking days with these stupid-ass names. Uh, Iron Mike Sharp's almost too easy because everyone knows who he is. Steve Lombardi, much the same. But, uh, yeah, I, like, I props to those wimpies. Are, uh, we recently had a dead wimpy, Ted Grizzly. He was a wimpy. He, and everyone's like, who the fuck is Ted Grizzly? He was like this. Canadian wimpy who looked like he was a moon dog. He wore overalls, but he wasn't officially a moon dog. But Ted Grizzly is another horrible wimpy who would never get even one offensive maneuver in. So that was always good. Now the 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 wimpies from the WWF in the um, early '80s, mid '80s, um, they just didn't do TV stuff. They also went on the road and they worked with the with the. Uh, the young young person coming up or with each other. 
like you get on 24-7, you get some of these Boston Garden shows or Philadelphia Spectrum shows, you see Dave Barbie in the second match. <laughs> so you get a million SD Jones versus Mike Sharp matches, or you get Paul Roma against somebody, or C.V. Offy. And there was always a wimpy that wasn't even a wimpy, but I didn't know this. Tony Gurria. I never knew he was ever a star. I just start watching wrestling with Tony Gurria was like a tough wimpy who got a lot of offense in. But Tony Gurria would be on all these shows too. And that was a, I always liked the wimpies that had offense. Quick draw, Rick McGraw was one of them, and then he died. He died, the, he died against Roddy Piper. And other people said he died of a drug overdose, but to my youthful heart, I'd like to think he died in the ring when uh, Roddy Piper dropped him on his head a million times. Because, honestly, the WWF never really explained why he died on TV. I just saw my hero, Rick McGraw, get dropped on his head with DDTs five times by Roddy Piper. And the next week, they're like, and we mourn the passing of Rick McGraw. I'm like, oh, my God, Roddy Piper killed him. So that's what I always thought. But then again, I was young and had a pea brain. But, yeah, Rick McGraw. In the in the eighties and the end of the nineties, the the WWF wimpies, um, with the exception of uh, the Young Stallions, Jim Powers and uh, uh, Paul Roma, um, did anybody else like break through out of the jobberhood? Let me think. I don't really think so. I mean, Paul Roma kind of hit it big, and like you said, Jim Powers. I thought a lot. I can't think of any. Uh, in the AWA, the Milkman got a nice run. Uh, NWA Wimpies, it really sucked to be an NWA Wimpy. Because an NWA Wimpy, on TV, they didn't even announce your fucking names on Worldwide. <laughs> so, like, I had to learn the Golden Terror's name. I had to learn Rocky King's name or Samuel Houston or Vernon Deaton was another one. And then in the later times, they did announce them. Like, guys like Joe Cruz and Larry Santo actually got a fucking name drop. Aren't they lucky? But, you know, the people in 85, 84, Dusty Rhodes, for some reason, is like, yo, baby, you're here to put us over. You don't get a name drop, baby. So, like, they didn't even get their fucking names announced. Very unfortunate because the Golden Terror was awesome. I always liked the Mask Wimpies, too, because much like the Fat Wimpies, I thought they fucking had a chance because they had a neat outfit and a mask, but that was never the case. Uh, there was a guy called Lee Scott who was fucking the greatest Wimpy of all time. He was like this string bean looking motherfucker that just took backdrops up to the lights. He fucking got murdered by Cactus Jack after a tag match. Boom. Got murdered by Cactus Jack after a tag match. Took the most vicious clothesline of all time from Sid Vicious. And that's a pun I didn't even mean to make. Stan Hansen kicked his ass. This is an awesome fucking Wimpy. Then he became a referee, and it kind of hurt me a little bit because I think he missed his calling card, but I'm sure his body thanks him for that uh, changing career. Lee Scott. How about... I mean, you know, in in the old NWA in the eighties, there there were you know there were certain levels of of wimpy. Um, the top the top level was the Italian stallion who would usually headline uh, a TV show a TV show either against one of the top guys or challenging for the TV title. And then there was Denny Brown, who was the junior champion, who always had a good showing Love it. against the heavyweights, but never won. Yeah, my favorite ref, by the way, was Denny Brown. I love Denny Brown's work. He was, he was so awesome. Good. I don't remember a single move he did, but I just always remember he was one of them wimpies that gave it his all. He had heart. He had he had moxie. He wanted to win that match, and he never really did. There was a guy, Ricky Lee Jones, who I think was Ricky Gibson, 
but he also always got a lot of offense in. It was like Rocky Cronoodle was another one, the the younger brother of Don Cronoodle, or at least so they told us. So that was another guy, Rocky King. You know, uh, Rocky uh, King is one of the best promos in wrestling history. <laughs> if anyone has a YouTube clip of Jimmy Jam Garvin and Michael Hayes with Rocky King, their manager, who makes Jim Cornette look just completely mushmouthed by comparison, please find him on YouTube. It's fucking tremendous. Rocky King for life. God bless him. Uh, Pistol Pez Watley's another one. He kind of broke out a little bit, but you're right. There were numerous levels of wimpies. Uh, Vernon Deaton, he wasn't. He didn't do shit. He was not a good wimpy. Leo Burke was a good wimpy. Uh, God, it's tough with the. Oh, there was a wimpy tag team, the Thunderfoots. <laughs> Thunderfoot oh. one. Two. <laughs> well, why? Why? Why wouldn't they be called the Thunderfeet? I <laughs> Whoa, I never thought of that. The Thunderfoot. That that's ridiculous. That's like the the Lone Ranger being two individuals. I don't know. That's very interesting. Huh. The Thunderfeet. I never thought of you that. You know. Since since you know, since the, the, it's the, we're in the big nostalgia boom where there's there's uh all kinds of different um uh conventions and and bringing in the old timers and whatever. Someone needs to book the conquistadors against the Thunderfoot. Yeah, or Mulkies. Mask right. versus mask. Yeah, oh, well, there you go. Yeah, I would take the conquistadors any day. Who knows? The conquistadors could have been the Thunderfoot. We don't know these things. But with these conventions, you're right. To go off topic here, there's a fucking convention in Philadelphia tomorrow. It's called, like, Wizardry World. And I guess it's like a comic book thing, but... uh Apparently, my friend tells me fucking Nidia is going to be there. Isn't it, isn't it amazing that Nidia, like eight years removed from her even being a blip on the radar, still gets booked for conventions? What a great, wonderful thing being even a, a, an F-list star on the WWE payroll is. Unbelievable. Nidia. And I'm a Nidia fan. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying it's amazing that fucking Nidia in the year 2009 it's bank for just showing up. Well, the the thing, Rob, is that she gives good head. So, well, there you, know, you go. There you go. You gotta, man, just suck the fucking life out of it. I no doubt about it. I can imagine. But I'm just saying, for her, I mean, you know what though? You think of all the people they book. Like, would you rather have Nidia at your convention for comic book people or Outlaw Ron Bass? Probably Nidia. She'd do a little better, I'm sure. But. Uh, <laughs> I never really thought of the logistics of such a thing, but yeah, Nidia. <laughs> yeah, she is pretty hot, with the exception of that nose, but, you know, uh, Yeah, the nose is always kind of rough, but nobody is perfect. And she had, like, 18 boob jobs in, like, a two-month stay at the WWE, so I don't know what her current floppies are looking like, but God bless her. She was committed to the cause, man. Thank you, Vince McMahon and whoever the surgeon is. <laughs> there you go. The question is, who paid for it, but... Yeah, I would hope that Vince put out the uh, fine dollars for those, but I don't know. You better get the employee exactly. discount, you know, some doctor in Stanford, you know, there's got to be a discount. Yeah, and if I'm a male wrestler there, I'm going to be bitching. Like, how come Vince doesn't pay for Botox for some of these aging wrestlers? Maybe he does. I don't know what their, uh, their <laughs> plastic surgery plan is. I'll have to, uh, next time I talk to CM Punk, I'll have to ask him about that and make sure uh, I know exactly what the the uh, plastic surgery plan is, because I don't know what they're offering these days, but I know all the ladies got boobies if they wanted them. So. That's a great answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
all I know. I, I don't. I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> George I don't really South. know either. George South, thank you. Uh, a good hand, I think that's what they refer to them as. Uh, yeah. He trained a bunch of guys who post on message boards these days. I know at least two of them. Uh, I don't know what they've done. But I deal with one of them. I'm sure you do. So, he was uh, my first guest ever on my on, on show number one. I would imagine he also likes to go to Slam Bam Jam website and pick up Lucha. That's what I'm going to guess if it's the person I'm thinking of. But uh, at least one of the one I'm talking about knows Lucha like ridiculously. It amazes me. But uh, yeah, George South trained a lot of guys in the Carolinas and he's doing all right, I guess. Like the Italian Stallion was his partner, and the Italian Stallion has ripped off a lot of people allegedly in the, the Carolina area. Uh, he trained the Hardys, I guess, and put them on TV and stole money from them, according to Matt Hardy's book. But I don't think up. he trained them. I, I don't think there was any trading involved. I, I that you know, getting them booked, yeah. But other yeah. than that, I don't think there was any training. Well, that you know, they 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 learned it all in their backyard. So. I thought he might have trained them how to eat spaghetti. Cause I hear that was the one thing that Gary, the Italian stallion, Stabok, can do quite well. He's the world. The world spaghetti eating champion, which probably would have got him a slot on the WWE roster these days. He still had that title. You know, he would have fit in in '93. You know, with Isaac Yankum and the oh Goon. yeah, oh my God, yeah, he sh- totally should have been there. I, that's a good point, and he was still young enough at the time. I mean, hey, I mean, what's his name? That fucking guy that had the the mustache. Oh, good, that's great. You're gonna decide that. You know who that is, real quick. Uh, let me think. He was like this. Asshole that had like a stupid little hat, and he had like big a bully music. Thank you. Oh my God, you're good. Nick big bully music, the worst wrestler ever that I thought was awesome. Thanks to After Magazines, he should have had like the World Spaghetti Eni Championship because he looked just like Mario. That would have worked. But he's a little, he was too cut. He needed to gain some weight to claim that throne. But uh, yeah, George South, another one. God, why can't I think of more wimpies? Uh. The Golden Care Galaxians were famous for being the people that the Mulkey Brothers beat, which has to suck. Now, who was it? Now, who was that? I don't know. Like, it was always weird because in the NWA... I think it was like whoever, David Isley and I don't remember who the other one was. Yeah, I was going to say, it was always guys that you'd see on TV, like Tommy Angel and David Isley or something, and they'd put them under masks and they'd wrestle twice in one night, which is nice to make a wimpy guy living because I think they got like 250 a shot. So David Isley got at least five hundred. You can't knock it. Good money, shit. And he got a couple tours in all Japan out of it too. So if you uh, if you read the current, oh, well, not the the uh, the observers that are uh, past observers that are being posted weekly now, then you go to the the all Japan section and you see David Isley's name pop up. Wow, I did not know. See, this is why I should have a subscription to Figure Four and Wrestling Observer online. Because that sounds awesome. I would love to read these old things, but uh, I just got to get a new password. What's up, Ryan? But, uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome when I get a password. I'll be able to find all this stuff out. <laughs> like David Isley doing Japan tours. Who knew? I did not know this. That's yeah, I, I had no idea either. I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love the old great. observers. It's it's unbelievable. The ones I had seen are just unbelievably chock full of information I did not fucking know. And I thought... That for that time, I thought I knew fucking everything. It's like, Manny Fernandez did that? Really? That's crazy. So, yeah, there's always bold and new well, things to discover. Now now, now is the time to start subscribing 
to the observer site because they're going to in the flashback uh uh editions of the observer from 92 on uh we're really close to the birth of AAA. So oh, that's nice. going to that's going to be pretty that awesome. it for me because the first time I got the observer was 93 so like I've seen all that but the stuff that just blows my mind is the stuff from like 90 to 92. I don't think he's gone into the 80s yet. But once he goes in the 80s, that's going to be good, too. Because uh, the 80s, I don't know shit about. So that would be good if he delved into that. Dave used to be kind of more of a prick. And I love Dave Meltzer. I will always say nice things about him. But, like, in the old issues, he takes so many more shots than he would these days. Like, the anabolic warrior, the junk food dog. Like, he was just such a bitterly sarcastic human being. It's really funny to look back on. Like yesterday there was a news update where Dave went crazy. Did you see this? It was like a, a uh, news update and yet it was just chock full of jokes and just very sarcastic uh, info to the point I thought it was Alvarez that wrote the news update, but no, it was Dave Meltzer <laughs> on a tirade going eight shit on everything, making CZW jokes about people getting stabbed. I was like, my God. <laughs> Oh. I think Dave just went over the line. He's got so tired of all the Masala news. He's like, fuck. Unbelievable. Well, speaking of CZW, uh, what are your feelings on that moron Nick Gage? Oh, man. Uh, the whole combat zone thing kind of fucking scares me. Like, I, I'm not going to lie. Cannot even lie. I went to the best of the best one back in, like, 2001. And ah, the Briscoe-Briscoe match. Thank you, yes. And oh. I had seen the Briscoes and the SATs for the first time, like, a couple months prior. So I was like, oh, my God, future wrestling, fuck ECW, the person I was at the time. So I went to this soccer arena in, like, fucking Delaware or New Jersey or something, and uh, it was called Champs. And I showed up there really fucking early with my friend just because we were early. And John Zandig was the only person there. So I show up at the door, like, what's up, motherfucker? I'm like, all right, sir, you know, I saw you get fucking AIDS dripped onto you last week in a death match. How are you doing? So I talked to John Zandick for a while, and he was kind of a nice guy. But uh, then that night, it was just craziness, and there was chairs. It wasn't one of the more violent shows, so I didn't really get indoctrinated into all this fucking needles and mousetraps and thumbtacks and all that shit. I never really went to any of those particular shows. I did go to a cage of death once with Jack Evans in it, my buddy. And he almost uh, died on that one. Yeah, he almost died on that show. That I was, was running insane. out the back. And I was like, Jack, you okay? And Jack was like fucking flipping shit, punching punching people and yelling. And there's packs hanging out of them. I'm like, oh, my God. So, yeah, that well, was you, you, you mentioned that Meltzer lost it yesterday. This is the actual line from the news update. CZW is back on July 11th at the CZW Arena in Philadelphia. Maybe Maybe they can slice a guy half to death and threaten to set him on fire. Oh, yeah. They already did that. I know. Look at that. That's crazy. Oh, that's crazy. That's, that's kind of angry. Don't, doesn't, doesn't Dave or Brian watch Big Japan anymore? Because they still do a lot of light tubes in that. Light tubes are not that much of a, a far-off, unknown aspect of wrestling in 2008 and nine. I mean, they still do exist. I'm against them. I'm not... I don't like any of that shit. Now, I like all the high spots and head droppy shit, and what a horrible week to say that out loud, but, like, I do. I can't it's, – it's like – it's a rush. It's like, oh, shit, that's crazy. Wow, that's insane. 
I'm sorry. I, I admit that I'm not going to lie now that Masawa died, but I'm just saying, back in the day, I'd watch that, and I'd be like, holy shit, that's fucking crazy. And all my friends would be like, whoa, that's nuts. You know, I, I just have to admit that. Now I feel like a total fucking ass for it. It's like, Jesus Christ, now every time I watch it, I'm going to think of this guy dying in the ring. I mean, it's fucking terrible. I've been fucking bummed about the Masawa thing all week, and I guess Saito now is fucking suicidal, this report from Tokyo Sports, so it's like, shit. Just one tragedy after another. It's fucking sick. But, uh, but yeah, I do like that crazy style. So I can't say, oh, well, those light tubes, that's not real wrestling. That's too dangerous. Because the other style I like is, like, Pac doing 18,000 flips off a fucking balcony onto somebody or someone getting dropped on their head and shoulders or something. But, you know, I different strokes for different folks. I mean, I just don't get these tournament of death tournaments. Like, some of my... I won't say friends, but people I know go to these things. I just can't. Like, this one this week, there was, like, fucking syringes. Hey, let's watch this guy stick a syringe in this other human being's mouth, and it'll come out the other side of his mouth. Oh, and he's going to squirt water out of it. That's awesome. No, it's not. It's fucking disgusting and stupid, and it makes me want to fucking cringe and, like, run screaming. Like, I'm glad I wasn't there for that. The light tube thing I never fucking understood. It's like... Let's have a 500 light tube match. No, let's up the ante a little bit. 750 light tube. You know what? Two light tubes would be cool because you build the first light tube shot. If there's actually light tube psychology, I'm all for it. <laughs> Make the mm-hmm. light tube count. If Nick Gabe gets stabbed on his first light tube, goddamn that shitty luck, but at least it meant something. But once you fly into like 1,800 light tubes and then, oh, yeah, but, you know, that 117th statue almost has to death and a helicopter has to come. Tough shit. That's your decision, man. I mean, it just sucks. And the fire got out of hand. You know, I'm a big balcony guy, not going to lie. Like, I grew up on ECW and that idiot New Jack. Matsunaga. And Matsunaga and all those old days of wing. And I really like people flying from high places. Can't lie. I'm scared of heights, so I, I admire these people for doing such. But, like, the fire, fuck that. I'm not a big fan of fire. Although when I first saw the Dudley do it, you know, hey, everybody, come look at this. Oh, pop, everyone loves it. But, uh, yeah, wrestling's nuts. I mean, the fact that more people don't die on a regular basis astounds me. Just because there's a lot of crazy shit that I think everyone, myself included, takes for granted. It's like, God. I don't know how it's like, well, can't they get, like, softer rings? What's the first that everyone made fun of ROH for years for? Having bouncy, soft-ass rings. I mean, is everyone going to have a, a quasi-trampoline for a ring now? I mean, I don't know. I don't mind. I think it's cool. I never had a problem with Ring of Honor's ring anyway. But, Speaking uh, of the Hardys. Oh, there you go. Nice transition. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> no, no. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm looking through uh, Dave's update yesterday, and Osaka Pro will be having a show tonight to pay tribute to a fallen fat boy referee, who I, I say that with the most... Most love. I love Ted. Uh, Ted Tanabe, who passed away over the weekend as well. Uh, there'll be wrestlers from Osaka Pro, Big Japan, uh, Joshi, Keijojo, Kagika, got me, and the greatest promotion ever, 666. Will, and they will be appearing with Daisuke Sakamoto and Jackie Namazawa on top against Shadow WX and Yuchi Taniguchi. Um, they're going to pay tribute the way that indie sleaze will. And that's going to be fun. I can't wait to pick that one up at slambamjam.com. 
Yeah, that's, that sounds pretty cool. I do not watch a lot of the occupation of the indies. I completely admit to ignorance on that. Like, I watch, like, I'll watch, like, uh, Dick Pogo pretending to be Italian against, like, Obushi or something in a tag match. Or, this or that. Well, that bullet ball thing, I've seen the one thing where uh, Kenny Omega gives it, like, a, a suplex and a pile driver and things of that nature. I have not seen a lot of it. Uh, DDT is cool. Like, I like Kudo and Ibushi. I'm not into more of the gimmickry <laughs> that they do. It's just, like, too much. But uh, what, what am I missing? You, you seem to be kind of uh, hit to the sea. Like, is there, what am I missing in the occupation of the Indies of Japan? Um, I, I tend to watch workers as opposed to promotions. Um, gotcha. Like, I love Dick. Um, I could, oh, yeah, I could watch Dick, I could, that's a drop. I, I could watch Dick Kogo <laughs> all day. Yeah, he's fucking awesome. I mean, he's probably one of my favorite wrestlers of all damn time. I mean, he's, he's just. such a dick, you know? Yeah, he and he, it never stops with him. It never stops. And everything he does is so fluid and just, he's got like a snap to all of his throws and, and every bump he takes, it's like, Jesus Christ, he attacks the mat, Dynamite Kid style. Just really awesome. He's always been good. He's almost underrated. He, I mean, people love him, but he's almost underrated how fucking good he is. And for so long, I mean, shit. He's been awesome since, like, 92 and 93. And Takamichi I do not think. I think he's the opposite. I think he's overrated as shit. And granted, everyone gets older and can't do what they did when they were younger. Cool, whatever. But I, I'm not a big fan of his. I think Katsayashi's awesome. I'm just going to go through the whole KDX crew now and just put over the people <laughs> I still like. Uh, Katsayashi's awesome. Uh, Men's Teo still rocks it. Uh, who else? Shit. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting people. Uh, Grand Naniwa, he wasn't on that team, but he's one of the good guys. I always liked him dropping on his crab head. But, oh, God, there's a head drop. I don't know if I can like that anymore. Fuck. Unbelievable. Ruining everything. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But yeah, he got dumped on his crab head all the time. Uh, fuck. I don't know. I, I yeah, like so I, I, what I do is I follow certain workers, um, I, and I watch DDT regularly, as well as Dragon Gate. And also, I've been, the Pro Wrestling Expo shows have been really fun. Um, those are available at slambamjam.com. Um, it's where they, you know, it's it's like a an indie summit where they bring a bunch of bunch of indie guys together and they have them, you know, have a show, you know, at, at Kurokin. Um Just wacky. Um, the Ultimo Dragon Produce stuff has been fun. Um, we've gotten uh, Mecha Mummy and Minoru Suzuki within the last couple of years, and at, I think it was the last one. I I'm pretty sure it was an Ultimo Dragon show. I may be wrong, but there was the Mecha Mummy with a female mecha mummy <laughs> freaking mecha yeah, mummy you know. man did he wrestle liger i think he had a match at liger one yeah he did like a giant yeah. bomb strike or something i remember i'm visual very well but yeah minoru suzuki okay, he's awesome nothing but Dude, that guy that guy's just pure evil you can feel the hate on every move that guy does but that's part of part of his charm. That's part of his story. Oh yeah, and the hair alone—you can't hate that hair. The hair is fucking awesome. I mean, if I had any ability whatsoever to cut my own hair, I'd definitely do it <laughs> Noro Suzuki style. It'd be a little weird on the street, but fuck it. You know, he he, he pulls it off. Remember the new breed? How fucking yeah, awesome was the new Sean breed? Sean Royal and, and Chris, Chris Champion. fucking Champion. They're my favorite team of all uh, time. Why? Talk America. about a, a bad car accident. Fuck them up. 
Oh, they would have been oh. what the Rockers were. They were so much fucking more awesome than Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. Their interviews were crazy. They they were like crack pipe induced interviews. They would talk about how Dusty Rhodes was the president in 2002, and how they had flying arms, and one guy had a bionic arm, and like their clothes were cool. It was like that 80s cool crazy rocker look, and. They did crazy flying moves. I mean, I remember they did, like, this deal where they did, like, a rocker plex with a suplex in a uh, flying cross body. They were fucking awesome. If anyone ever makes a best of the new breed tape, sign me the fuck up. Cause they were, and it's weird because I love them so much, and then they just disappeared, and I literally forgot about them for, like, two years. I'm like, shit, where'd the new breed go? And that was, like, it for them, I guess. I guess Chris Champion's gone on to have numerous things happen in his life, but Sean Royal disappeared for a while. He showed back up in an All-Japan 1994 tag team tournament, and that's about all I ever heard. You know, I think he beefed up like like 260 or something. Yeah, the new breed, man. Love them. And they had the Beastie Boys theme music, Brian Bosworth haircuts. Fuck. Love it. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> awesome. Let's let's not uh, discuss what Chris Champion did after the new breed. You know? Oh, I know. The uh, Calabunga, the Ninja Turtle, and other things done in that outfit is craziness. And then he was Quang, not Quang the Ninja. It was Yoshi Quan. I mean, he Yoshi had all Kwan. kinds of... Yoshi Quan was awesome. He, he was. was. so he was. cool. With those fingernails, you know, ready to fucking... I scratch you right out. Oh, yeah. He had that scary look, too. He looked kind of crazy and creepy, which probably is... Plus, of course, <laughs> Chris Imagine, imagine yeah. if if Jib Mitchell, the sinister minister, was the manager for Yoshi Kwan. Dude, literally said what I was thinking. The only other person that had that creepy Jack Nichol, Jack Nicholson look with that, yeah, I'm gonna get that. It was fucking sinister <laughs> minister. Great minds it. think alike. <laughs> yes, and I threw in the I'm gonna get you, which is even creepier. And then he like do that gesticulations with his hands, like ha. Yes, those two would have been fucking choice. I would have loved it. And Sean Royal would have been somewhere watching and pissed off that he wasn't part of it all. But yeah, Jim Mitchell and Chris Champion are the greatest tandem I could think of. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a shame that, uh, that uh, Sean Royal got into the car accident. You know, that, would, that, that did it for him. And then what did Chris Champion do after you know became a turtle and a molester? So... Yeah, but, yeah, you know, <clears throat> downhill from there. <laughs> he went to that art bar school of picking up chicks at shows. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> My God, that was fucking horrible. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to play a commercial so Stevie J doesn't get mad at me. Pro wrestling got you down? Need something to lift your spirits? Listen to the podcast at angrymarks.com. If wrestling gets you all hot and bothered, we've got what you need. Visit angrymarks.com or subscribe for free on iTunes. The angrymarks.com podcast, where the marks get nothing but satisfaction. Alrighty. Now... I won't get yelled at by Stevie J or Lady J, you know. I got gotta keep the gotta keep them happy. So, uh, yeah, I don't want anybody to be angry with me. So. Fuck you. <laughs> what was that? Yeah, damn Mexicans. What the fuck left that guy on here? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't think he had the balls to come onto my show. But let's see. 
Okay, we, we, we talked about wacky Japan. We talked about some wacky stuff here. Let's get even wackier. Let's talk about Wing and their their love affair with with Freddy Krueger and and uh, the Crypt Keeper and all these. Yeah, other. Wing. Who, is... who was your favorite? Who was your favorite Wing IWA FMW monster? The Headhunters. They weren't even. They were their own monsters. I fucking love the Headhunters. When I first saw the Headhunters in like a wrestler magazine in the introducing section. It was one of these fat fucks that looked like Abdul the Butcher, mid moonsault on J.T. Smith. And I'm like, mine eyes have seen the glory. I'm like, this is the greatest thing I've ever fucking seen. How do, you guys, how do they do that? Then I saw another still photo of one of them doing a dropkick Tillman style off the top rope. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I need to see footage of these people. So I eventually got DVDs of the Headhunter, or tapes at the time, and holy shit. They were as advertised. Fucking awesome. They're the biggest myth of the 90s. The Headhunters, the Gladiator Mike Awesome, and Big Titan should have been the top four guys in the WWE of that decade. And I'm sad that was not the case. Fuck you, Stone Cold. They'd have done way better business. You know, it, it was always, you know, referred to or hinted at or people assumed that those two boys were the sons of that of the Butcher. I think so. They looked just like him. They very well could have been. I, I don't know. I, I, I saw that Abdul the Butcher did a shoot interview once, and he claimed that I'm the top man. I'm the best. And he's like, those two guys imitate me, but they can't do what I can do. And I immediately stopped and paused and was like, wait, you stab people and waddle around like a fat fuck and bleed occasionally. And they do incredible moves. They do fucking flying around. They are unbelievably awesome. And you suck, Abdul the Butcher. So I hope they're not related to him because Abdul the Butcher is in a fucking fantasy land. Oh, but he can get heat. Yeah, great. He's really fun to watch fucking 70 years after your career started. But uh, I, I, I like the Headhunters. They had that glass match, which I was talking about how I hated all that earlier. Loved it. Fucking glass versus glass match with the, the Headhunters. Unbelievable. And they were called A and B, which is also kind of funny. Now, that, that glass match was A versus B, correct? Yes. Yes. That's the IWA glass death match. If I remember, that's the name of the commercial tape. Yeah, and I saw it on I, a I love that too. hockey video, so it was even worse. I mean, I love that stuff, too, but back then they actually used psychology, and the guys can go out and work. They didn't have to do, it, do that stuff. Yeah, that's true. You know? where they they will go on a tour and, and, and guys would usually maybe be in one Bob R match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the exception or like of you see, see Funk at the flaming chair out one time, you know, and that made the flaming chair a huge deal. So you'd want to get that tape to see, holy shit, Funk had a flaming chair. And like ECW tried to do fire five shows in a row and it got caught in the audience and nearly killed five people and, you know. Overdoing things, man. It's a room that don't overdo things, kids. Yeah. Now, what what was your favorite garbage promotion in Japan? I got to go with FMW, just because I thought they had a good mix. Like, especially when the Headhunters and Gladiator and all them guys jumped. Like, there was the Funk Masters of Wrestling angle. Onita was scary as shit. He had cool entrance music. Uh, Pogo I never liked. Uh, I like the undercard with Hayabusa and Masato Tanaka, and like they just seem to have better undercard guys. And I love the Gladiator Mike Awesome; he was like my favorite. So 
Gladiator. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, Gladiator. And then he'd do promos going, I'm sick of this shit. Fuck. And then like, I'd be like, how is he allowed to curse? I'm like, oh, they're in Japan. Okay. Horrible. But horrible. It was horrible promos, but they were in English, and the Japanese people didn't care. Yeah, you'd be like, hey, Onita, fuck you. You're going to die. And then go to the ring. I'm like, what? so bad. <laughs> like, what's he, so what's he so talking bad. about? And then Victor Quinones would have terrible interviews, too. He'd be Ugh. saying all kinds of weird shit. I'm like, oh, God, look out. But, yeah. Well, you know, when FMW first started, you know, they were using the martial arts guys, and, you know, they were doing all kinds of different shit. They used Leon Spinks. They got Leon Spinks <laughs> over in a wrestling promotion. Yeah, they did, and Sapu almost, Sapu and uh, the Sheik had that match. The fire match. Yeah, man, they had that fire match. I I remember seeing that. I was nuts. The fire match is ridiculous. Oh, that stuff was fun. You know, it was was. fun. In in 1992, I had a trip to San Jose, and I picked up a pro wrestling illustrated there. And my uncle was like a legitimate wrestler, like one of those boring amateur people. So he was like a wrestler. And he, I, this magazine I picked up had a picture of that fire match. It had a picture of, like, Eric Embry getting doused by battery acid in his eyes by the Moondogs and, you know, USWA. And my uncle just looked at the magazine and he goes, how do you buy that shit? It's just so fucking fake and phony and stupid. And I'm like, I love this. This is my favorite. <laughs> and I proceeded to buy it. But it's weird because at the time I thought shit like Papa Shango was stupid and phony and stupid. But, like... I guess it's all about perspective because I thought battery acid was cool and I also thought fire was that was great too. Well, the the thing the thing for me with the with the uh, the Japanese garbage stuff is that back back then in the day, you know, it was enjoyable. It was and they they told stories and they had programs and things made sense. And as opposed to you know um, you know who can top who, whose cock's bigger? I'm gonna mm-hmm. take so many light tube shots. Like that, that, that. Sure, you're tough. Yeah, like Onita was so. Onita was so integral to all that too. Like he was the guy. His big death match every couple months was like such a fucking huge deal. And like you know, once Onita kind of stopped being over, I think it all kind of died. Fuck it, no one cares. Hayabusa should not have been the one to carry the company after '96, but that—that's just me. I, I never saw him as a main eventer. Yeah, I, I did, but I just didn't realize how Japanese people didn't see him because obviously everything flopped. No one cared. I thought he always tried hard and he always really gave a good effort, and he was over. But he, nobody could have been Onita over. It was kind of a kiss of death. Maybe if they would have fostered in another deathmatch guy and then trickled down to Hayabusa, that could have worked. But, yeah, you're right. It was just a big rush job. Hayabusa got thrown in too fast, and ultimately it didn't work out. And if you, you look back, even at the at the FMW TV, if you watch the TV show, you, it, you even get the feeling of the Memphis style because uh, Fuchi and Onita obviously spent time in Memphis. They were in one of the concession stand brawls, and, you know, and they, they took that, and they took what – uh, they learned with Tenru from M- the Amarillo Territory in Texas, and they brought Texas and Memphis to Japan. Oh, and yeah, no, they, that. They we, we're, we're, not, we're not naming a valuable guy. Wing Kanemura 
despite his more recent indiscretions, Wing Kanemuro was fucking insane. I mean, the biggest thing when I was getting into the death matches was see Wing Kanemuro powerbombed into fire. You know, it's like, oh, my God, what the fuck is that? And when I saw that, I was like, Jesus Christ, what are they doing? And then he came to the U.S., the Smoky Mountain, and Kevin Sullivan stabbed him 57 times, and it was fucking horrifying. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then, like, he kind of went away for a while as far as me finding out what he was doing, so I just wasn't following it. But then he kind of came back into like, the late 90s with Hayabusa and Masato Tanaka. In no respect. Oh, yes. I'm doing the dance, but I'm not in a sumo underwear, though. The wing Kanemura Love it. Love it, love it, love it. And I wish Wing Kanemura would have had his ECW pay-per-view match with Masato Tanaka. don't know if you remember that. They're supposed to face... Uh, a pay-per-view in 97 or 8, and instead, Wing Kanemura didn't show up, and Doug Furness, Doug Furness showed up instead, and it was just a fucking disaster. Hey, that's not a problem for me, man. I love the Can-Ams, man. They were a great team. Oh, I thought it would have been the greatest thing ever. I'm sure Paulie was thinking Masawa had great matches with Furness. They're going to, Tanaka's much in the mold of Masawa. They're going to kill, it's going to have an unbelievable match, but it just ended up being such a, a horrible disconnect between the two of them. I mean, that's one of the worst matches of all time. <laughs> well, speak, speaking of uh, Furnace and Lafon, um, 96, 97, 98, um, the WWF tag team scene was really underrated. You had the Body Donnas, you had uh, Furnace and Lafon, um, you had the New Rockers, and that's some really good shit. I mean, really, it really is. good it is, but ultimately, Furnace and LaFont fucked themselves because they never got over. And I think in the WCW, if they had Pierre and Jacques to work with, or the Steiners in particular, Jesus Christ. All I wanted in the 90s, aside from, well, I wanted the Steiners and Furnace and LaFont to hook up. And they would have done it if Furnace and LaFont went to WCW. Because Kevin Sullivan was trying to get Furnace and LaFont in WCW. They were, for, or Furnace at least was working for ECW, and he had that Rob Van Dam match. And oh, yeah, then LaFall came too, and they had some really good matches there with uh, Lance Storm and Candido, which were unbelievable matches. And Sabu and RVD had a match with them. But uh, I'm with you. I love that tag team. I just wish they would have went to WCW. They'd have been buried, but at the same time, I think they would have had the getting over. Maybe they could have fought Psychosis and La Parca, which would have been fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm having dream matches here in my head, but that one sounds awesome. Well, yeah, the uh, there there's a tape out there that uh, it's a Coliseum home video called Free for All, where they have they're all dark matches, mm-hmm. and there's one that's it's a, a four way tag match with uh, the Body Donnas, Furnace and Lafon, New Rockers, and I think. Uh, the other team, the other team, I think it's the Godwins. Yeah, probably. But it was a, I, I forget, I, what might have been either, it, was it Survivor? No, it wasn't Survivor Series. It was something else, and it was just a blow away match, where Candido just stole the show, and you know I was just amazed that they didn't save that for the pay per view, and that's probably my one of my favorite Coliseum home videos ever. I just just love it, just. Uh, it's got the uh, Yokozuna 
uh, Steve Austin match from uh, one of the In Your Houses. It was a dark match. Go figure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Candido and Janetti, man, they were really good. They were quite uh, quite underrated. I just saw Sim Snuka got fired, by the way. He did, huh? WWE. Yeah, Candice yeah, Michelle's gone, too. Good. Expect more cuts. They're all fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just fucking around. But they did get fire. Candace Shell's gone. She can go buy five more noses. And uh, Finch Nooka don't have to miss catching Undertaker anymore. So. Unbelievable. Now it's like you, I, it's never there. Now you say you you're a self-professed fan of CM Punk. I uh, no, the thing now is, tell me. I'm Tell me not. This, like, as, I, I, just, I initially wasn't. He wanted to punch me in the face because me and CM Punk, our friendship goes back to Teddy Hart, which I wanted oh Teddy Hart to kick the shit out of him. Like I was so the Teddy Hart apologist. So like I was, I always saw Punk as being like a huge dickhead for the whole Teddy Hart thing. But uh, someone on the line, I just start talking to the dude and we became buddies. And I, I, I'm a fan of his. The last three years, believe it or not, I've, I've, I've wanted him to do good, but I've always felt he's been miscast in the WWF. I think he's done better than he's ever would have dreamed of doing, no doubt about that. But uh, I am thrilled with the idea that he may be turning bad. I think that's going to be such a fucking giant deal if that's where they go with it, which it seems like all things are pointing that way. But uh I'm going to be a huge fucking CM Punk fan if he turns bad, I'll tell you that much. Because mm-hmm. CM Punk, by and large, is a fucking prick. I mean, I, I love him, but he's not a nice guy. And, like, he's good to his friends, but he needs to be evil. He needs to be a bad human being. He needs to be a bad wrestler. He needs people not to script out every last word of his promos. He needs to drop that, gee, guys, I like to drink milk, and I'm a competitor. Fuck all that shit. It's fucking terrible. I hated watching him for, like, the first two years. He would be good in the ring, but, like, I didn't connect to where they were going with him. Competition and competitor. It's just all the old hokey WWF Bob Backlund, drink your milk, old shit that I didn't like anyway. But I think right now, oh, fuck. I mean, this is a jump off, man. You you give three more months to his heel turn, and fuck. Sky's the limit. In my opinion, I could be wrong. I'm just saying, I think... There's never been a better chance. Like when he won the belt the first time, right? I was mm-hmm. happy, but there was this unsettledness where, shit, Batista's not going to put him over. Uh, Kane's not going to put him over. Like, I just knew that all these guys weren't going to put him over. And by and large, they put him over on house shows, but no one ever put him on TV. I thought it was a fucking disastrous reign. And then, then it's like, we're taking it off you with Randy Orton. And then, like... That should have been a way bigger deal than it was, but no. It just was like, okay, Randy Orton did that. Randy Orton beat him. Okay, next. We're going to give him the Intercontinental belt. It's great. But now, when he won the belt now, it's like, fuck. Love the way he did it. Love the connection to the way he won it the first time. Jeff Hardy's fucking awesome. Edge is great. I think everything around him right now just really is good for his career, and I think it's going to be fucking six months of really good TV on SmackDown. That's the way I see it. Now, I think Raw is unwatchable. I am so the, fucking happy he's on a new show. <laughs> the, the, the question is, will the WWE writing team recycle Gabe Sapolsky's um, I'm better than you 
type of character for. I would like it, but obviously so. they can't go full blown with the drugs and the alcohol. But uh, I think it would get over. I just think they're fucking gonna pussyfoot around with it and not do it the right way if they do it. Like, cause on the Indies, Punk could swear. He could fucking pretend to slap fans. Like he he had a more dislikable aura. I don't think on a big stage. It's going to be tougher to project that, but regardless, he's got that prick sneer going on. He's on a promo. He could be just completely dislikable. Right now, he's, he's walking the line on the commentary last week. I think that I think it's going to be really good. I, I don't think they're going to go the punk of honor way, but uh, I don't know. Uh, well, we, we shall see. I don't know. I, I'd like to hope they do that, but... I will say this: When I get free tickets to WWF shows from now on, I'm gonna be way happier going <laughs> because it will be good <laughs> shit. I love getting free tickets. Thank you for numerous sources within the WWE that help me out. But all I'm saying is, it's not gonna be oh shit going to this house show. But yeah, this will be sucky. No, now I'm pumped. Like this is gonna be a good fucking show. Like I'm pretty jacked up about it. Well, now I'm now I don't usually follow the. The WWE, I or watch it. I follow it just because that you know that's what I do. I'm creature of habit. But the the CM Punk title win this last time, and the Jericho uh, Ray program has got me a hard on. Um, oh yeah, it's fucking great. At Extreme Rules, oh brilliant, ripping off the mask, good yep. stuff. Oh yeah, and now they can go further with that, and uh, I think. As a heel nucleus, if you have Punk and Jericho as your top two, you turn Edge good guy, and you have Rey Mysterio, Jeff Hardy, uh, Taker's going to be back. I just think that show's going to be fucking great. I, I like the idea of turning two people around the same time with Edge and Punk, just because it, it freshens shit up. And Edge, I have, I think Edge is awesome. I think Edge is the most valuable guy on the entire show. He's fucking unbelievably good. Like, I can't put him over enough. And he's one of the few guys that will lose to new guys to get them over. He's the guy. Like, he has a million accolades to Edge. He's fucking amazing. So, hopefully Edge is good. Now, do you think that um, Ray's going to lose his mask at the bash? I hope he doesn't. I mean, if he does, it doesn't matter because I've already seen him without a mask. It's not going to break my heart. But I, what is it? Is it mask versus hair? Mask versus title. Oh, that's fucking stupid. Of course he's not going to lose his, lose his mask. <laughs> that actually pissed me off right there. I, yeah, I he's going to win the belt. Oh, man. I don't know. Maybe be, they'll... Before, before, the, um, before the Extreme Rules pay-per-view, um, I was on the Angry Marks podcast, and uh, you know we were talking about you know what, what we think would, would go down, and, and I was hoping that it would be uh, mask versus hair. That way yeah. there's more intrigue. Yeah. Um, Title as opposed to just the belt. Me. It's a fucking yeah. prop, you know. It, it, yeah. The hair is different, and it's not like Jericho would really miss it because he's got short hair. So I mean, it's yeah, not like, but you know, his hair is so that's such an innocent part to his character. Like exactly that that that's fine. That means it would mean more if you were to lose it. An incredibly meaningful match, and then oh shit, then people would be more like, oh well, Rey Mysterio is going to lose because he's already been. A- now you just get the vibe of, oh, well, he's going to win because it's just a fucking stupid bill. 
Maybe they'll fall. Now, Maybe they will lose, and they'll be the ultimate people laughing. But the sad thing is they won't get me to buy it based on that fucking stipulation. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, the WWE stockholders need to email, call, fax, uh, messenger pigeon, anything to Titan Towers to tell Vince McMahon not to have Ray lose his mask because it's a bad marketing idea. Because Ray masks, they just blow off the sh- off the shelves. And I'm not just talking at WWE events. Um, I'm talking about at indie events, lucha shows. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I I worked a couple months ago, I or it was last month, I worked a, a convention up here in Northern California, and we sold so many Mysterio masks. Yeah, dude, it's you know? surprising. Sometimes on TV you don't get the vibe, but the one guy that I got the vibe of at a house show back in, like, 2005 was RVD. My fucking God, he was over, like... The entire house show, he might have been more over than Batista. This is in Reading, Pennsylvania, mind you. But I was just stunned. Kids loved RVD. Adults loved, chicks loved RVD. Like, every demographic loved RVD. That's when I said, you know what? Like, when he won the belt, it did not surprise me. But what did surprise me was just how fucking over he was in 2004 and five. when he wasn't necessarily getting that big a push. I know he beat Cena that one time, but, like... He was basically a guy dangling in the mid-card, not doing anything, who Vince, I think, should have uh, pushed a little hard. Now, granted, his lifestyle outside the ring fucked him over. That's his own fault. But uh, RVD is over his shit. If any indie company or any you know, third-party non-WWE company wants to get something moving, give RVD... He doesn't want to do it. He oh, I heard. He doesn't want to do it. He, you know, he's busy with RVD TV, you know, like 70-plus episodes of that shit. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I've actually seen some of it, and so maybe, it's the R- maybe it's the RVD mark in me, but I'm actually thoroughly entertained by it. Like, I think it's, it's fucking Something amazing. completely different. It's, I mean, him and Samoa Joe talking about the throes of passion, not with each other, but with their wives. I mean, what an unusual, unique angle. It's not like, yeah, bitches. It's just these two deep dudes just sitting down talking. Now, whether they blazed one before they talked, I don't give a shit. I find it intriguing. The one where they sat down with the ultimate Hellwig and that, that dude that's from Harvard, and they all discussed, you know, <laughs> the power of the mind. Nowinski, they discussed the power of the mind. Fucking unbelievable. And were they were Van Damme and Warrior out of their minds? Yes, they were. Was I watching the entire time and not missing a word? Yes, I was. It's unfucking believable Everyone, if you haven't checked out RVD TV, please do so. I'm not just saying that because I'm a giant RVD mark. I find him very interesting. Yeah, you guys, you guys need to check out uh, the Best of RVD TV Volume 1. Um, they, they picked and chose you know, some of the best stuff to put on. It's just blow away uh blow away stuff just fun and it's just strange it's fucking strange it's you're watching it and you're like what are you like even his workouts you just think like workout that's boring no he shows you how he fucking uses his surfboard gimmick just to get balance and like he uses like one of those fucking not a menopause ball but it's one of these whack-ass like balls that you can walk up and down on it looks like a total thing that like some 50-year-old chick would use to work out, but RVD shows you ways to use it that would actually get you more ankle and knee strength and better flexibility. Oh, I was like, I was wise. I was like, holy shit, that's interesting. He just has a new slant on things. And it's like, all right, I'll, I'll check this out. He's full of himself, yes, but at the same time, it's cool to see someone 
that almost doesn't love wrestling too much. I mean, I think sometimes that's a detriment, as we saw last weekend. Like, you could push so hard, but sometimes it's kind of a, a good thing to see people get out before it's, you know, too late. So, mm-hmm. props to now, RVD. Now, tell me this, tell me this, Rob. Um, how long do you think Chris Masters' next, this coming stint with the WWE will be? Not long at all. He seems like a cool guy. I just think he's going to be miscast again. I think they're going to give him the masterpiece gimmick, which is so fucking wooden. It's fucking terrible. Look at what happened with Lex Luger as the narcissist. It's just such a boring, lame, Vince McMahon, bodybuilding rules of the world, stupid worldview of how people get heat or care about things. Chris Master should be like this jockey fucking frat boy asshole that talks shit to all the divas, and, you know, you know, know he would have he put him with the with the spirit squad. That oh, one yeah. big dude that could handle business. Yes, like exactly. A, the Mean Street exactly. Posse had Joey Abs, the big dude. Yeah, I agree. And and uh, the spirit squad for all the shit it got was fucking awesome. I mean, there was nothing wrong with that. I just wish they'd have taken Ken Doan, and once they got the respective guys out of the spirit squad, I wish they'd have found more interesting things to do with them. I personally think that the fucking writers that WWE has are fucking the worst. I think you all fucking suck shit. There's not... I mean, granted, are they writing for a mainstream audience? Maybe. Are ratings down sometimes? Yes. I don't know who the fuck they're writing for. I felt like a fucking idiot watching Vince McMahon do that promo with that fake dude from the Nuggets. I was like... So embarrassing. You know what's what's funny? You know what's funny about that guy? That dude, that? that guy... That that played him, he was a. Uh, um, he's the ring announcer for uh, my friend Jeff Dino's company in San Diego. Yeah, I heard. I, I had heard that my good close personal buddy Excalibur was going to be the guy, so I tuned in. But then I was happy to see that someone else got it anyway. But uh, but yeah, I was. That was kind of funny how that all worked out. Calling now. Yeah, we've got a caller, folks. Party don't stop. So yeah, it's no, very no. In, an insult to all of our intelligence. I will keep talking, and uh, I just don't like the writing for WWE. I think they need to uh, go back to stage one and figure something out. Now I'll tell you, I knew a couple days ahead of time that that my friend's ring announcer was going to play that Nugget guy, and I <laughs> I had to bite my tongue, and I, I was like, dude, this sucks. This sucks. Yeah. But, you know, he got a good payday. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he did. I mean, that's, so. uh, that's part of the tough part, too, when you do find out stuff. On the indies, a certain numerous number of people's fucking ears and insight. And some of the shit I found find out sometimes is like, holy shit, you know, and then when it actually gets announced. A lot of times when I find out shit earlier than I'm supposed to, I think, man, people are going to go nuts for this. And so, mm-hmm. like, a lot of times when they don't, I'm like, what? I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, come on. That's fucking now, awesome. Now, the next time that, um, which should be, I think it's a couple weeks where the WBF will be, or will be up here in Northern California, I owe Harry Smith at least a drink. Um, I fucked his career over by, by reporting that he was going to be the newest member of Legacy. And um, they changed the plans and, you know. Are you serious? Him. Yeah, that was me who broke it. Oh, wow. That's rough. One of my contacts in FCW let me know, and I was like, okay, well, fuck it, man. Why not? 
The oddest thing, the thing is, though, I think something, Randy Orton say something about it anyway. I don't know. After, know. yeah. Oh, after. after, shit. That sucks. Yeah. I was like, yeah, oh, but, damn. Yeah, he, uh, Harry's a good dude. He, uh, I'm begging that dude to get a, a good break. It sucks. He's such a nice kid, though. Like, I was friends with all those Canadian guys. Like, I, the whole hard crew. Like, I went to the Cauliflower Alley, and I know, like, uh, what the fuck's the brother's name? Not the crazy one. <laughs> Not Bruce, but one of the other brothers was there, and I was talking to him. And uh, Harry's always been really nice. I mean, I dystopia, onward and upward. I haven't seen any of his ECW stuff. I love Tyson Kidd or TJ Wilson. I think he's unbelievably good. He's They're probably, a really good team. They, yeah. they had a really good match with uh, Christian and Swagger last week. Yeah, I don't awesome. like to my. Uh, Detriment, I don't watch much of the WWF programming. I should just fucking TiVo it or whatever. Just watch ECW. Just watch ECW. Oh, yeah, I should because I love Matt Fidel and TJ Wilson. And I think uh, the whole Heart Foundation thing sounds really awesome. And Christian's been really good. And that Jack Swagger, I saw him and Christian on the house show. They were really good. So mm-hmm. I'd, uh, I'd like to see for that. Future. He, just, he just needs a manager. But uh, Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I, I would like to welcome to the show the... Host of, I think it's a dead show, but, you know, <laughs> the the Lucha Listening, the Fet Man, Tony Calvin. Tony, welcome to the show. I have Mr. Rob Naylor on. Uh, we're just hey. shooting the shit about pretty much everything. So, All right. Hey, Rob, you want, you want to stay on, Rob? Who, me? Yeah, you. Yeah, I'll stay on. That's cool. Cool, cool. Um, how current are you with your Lucha, Rob? Me? Yes. Oh, me. I am not as current as I should be. I, I watch a little bit for uh, Jack and Teddy, but I do not watch any of the CMLL, which I'm told is quite good these days. Well, we're, we're not going to be talking the CMLL. It's uh, Triple Mania time of the year, so we're going to discuss Triple Mania. Cool. Now, um, Rob, are you happy that, that uh, Teddy has turned on Jack? Yes, because Teddy Hart is an asshole, and Jack Evans is all that's good in the world. So I, I, I think that's a good move. I think Jack was a great heel, though. I think people underrate how good of a heel he was. Uh, but, hey, fuck it. They they said, let's turn Jack and let's keep Teddy bad guy, and that's it. I'm a big Sean Waltman fan, too. Hopefully he's still down there. I'm one of the few Sean Waltman, like, giant marks, you know. <laughs> I mean, even with the Tony Lauer tape, i got to admit, like, that aside... I don't think Sean Waldman's done anything bad his entire career. Way to go, buddy. God. <laughs> so, Tony, um, I, I know you, you have, we haven't seen the show yet. Okay, we haven't gotten it. Um, now, oh, the, you the, know, it's actually on YouTube and in a couple of places, so I've seen, I've seen enough of the show. Well, that's YouTube, and I, I just can't go there. So, <laughs> I, I'm oh, a torrent right. guy, so, I, I, you know, I have bad eyes. I'm, I'm old, so. I, I can't, yeah, I you know, look at a little screen. But, um, do you, Tony, do you think that this year's uh, Triple Mania was a success? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was a success. I mean, uh, unless you know, for, unless some things go wrong, like maybe, uh, like maybe a Wagner not showing up at the main event, or you know, just a bad attendance. Otherwise, it's a, it's a success. I just, I just question whether or not what level, uh, the height of success it should have been. Hmm. I think yeah, I want to see the buy rates and see how they did. <laughs> yeah, because it was an exclusive... Uh, uh, Hello? 
I'm on. I'm on. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, if anything, uh, yeah, usually they, they, uh, they'll eventually have the, the, the pay-per-views on TV, but uh, this year around, just all pay-per-view. Yeah, they have no plans on television. Yes. With, with the killer, with the, the psycho clowns or psycho circus, <laughs> the, yep. the, the, three, the three clowns will be in the dark match, so they will be on the, on the DVD. And obviously they won because they're still undefeated. Um, yes, I love the zombie clown. I'm partial. <laughs> As you should. That's right. That's right. So um, now, that, now that we're in Mexico, um, uh, <laughs> Rob, who is your favorite mini ever? Oh, God, the guy that's coming to uh, America in August for Chicago. Oh, Dorada. He was Master here. Rita Dorada, baby. Love it. I, I, he that's was here. Be, wow. That's going to be one of the here. favorite things it, I've done all year. He was up here in Northern California May twenty May 30th, and I couldn't get to the show. Hmm. Aw. Well, Jack Evans, on, uh, Jack Evans tells me that the original Masquerita Sagrada, who's with AAA or whoever the Masquerita Sagrada with AAA is, he claims without his mask he looks like myself. And I am five foot two, So I'm not saying yeah. I'm Masquerita Sagrada, but I'm saying I'm pretty damn close because I was stunned at this because – I love all the masqueritas. I don't care what the fucking names are. They're all great. Espectrito was fucking amazing back in the day. Got nothing but love for the minis. Uh, Mini Damien's unbelievable now. I mean, oh, that's, that's my... Talk about a heel. Yeah, man, that's my piece. I love... Mini Abismo Negro was unbelievable, too. That guy, awesome base. Love him. Fine minis. Fine minis. <laughs> about, uh, what's the Puerto Rican one? Dorito was not... No, it was way off. I P. like Ross? too. Yo, I saw P. Ross out here uh, on the seventh, and he he was fun. He uh, he lost to Octagon Cito, who's awesome. Octagon Cito rules. Yeah, they're both freaking awesome. Yeah, I wish uh, someone in America would just start a minis promotion. <laughs> Micro Wrestling Federation. Come on, you've seen it, the the banners for the Micro Wrestling Federation with all midgets. Oh well. <laughs> I don't know if it's as good as the minis down there, but I hope it is. Like that, I mean, I I talk to Gabe Sapolsky every now and then, and the one thing that remains constant in the last four years is me bugging the shit out of him to bring in Masquerita Sagrada 2000, a.k.a. Masquerita Dorada. That's why now the quack is bringing him in for one shot. I'm just blown away. I could not believe when I read that. I'm like, holy shit. And the reaction wasn't what it should be. This is a guy that could fucking... Flip the script on wrestling as we know it in America. He's like when Rey Mysterio and Psychosis came over in 95, in my opinion. He's just so fucking spectacular. I hope people appreciate it. I loved, his, I loved the match he had with, uh, with uh, Mini Damien from the Ultimo Dragon Produce show. Um, you Hell know, that was yeah. Oh, my God, that was amazing. Unbelievable. Damn. That's the kind of match you could show anyone that's not even into wrestling and be like, what the fuck was that shit? And they just have to watch more of it. I love it. I love that kind of stuff. 35 rotations on the head scissor. You know, make yeah. Claudio angry. Oh, it's awesome. I love it. I love that. I love when they throw him up like a piece of pizza and he comes down with a head scissor. Unbelievable. He's just great. <laughs> I think what I've, what I've seen recently, he's up to, to like seven rotations now. It's insane. Yeah, he's sick. He is fucking sick. And the thing is, you know, he did that... Um, that flipped Rana out of the ring and, you know, landed on his head and broke his skull before. 
He still does it. Yeah, and I, all that shit where he's bouncing on the fucking post, that's insane, too. I'm not trying to do that shit. No way. I, I've been on the top rope. That's fucking crazy. I'm not trying. And, and you're a midget. He's even, or mini, I'm sorry. I should, I'm not, they're my own people. I can say this, apparently. But when you're that little, and you're on, <laughs> when you're that high, man, you fall, you're like a bunch of soup on the floor. So you got to really watch those crazy heights. Now, crazy bastards. Rob Naylor, I have to ask, inquiring minds want to know, are you the one underneath the Frightmare mask in Chikara? Oh, look at that. You know, I've been asked that twice now. No, not that I know of. I, I, I do train at the Mark Mess Training School, so that, that could maybe tip some people off with thinking, but I'm a complete pussy who would never do anything full-time. So, no, I am not Frightmare. I'm sorry to tell you. I enjoy that kid's work. He's oh, great, fun definitely. to watch. Definitely. A lot of people think it's Pelly Primo, too. But I think he's retired from the business, so it probably is not. Well, uh, the uh, Frightmare is thicker than Primo. Yeah, that's another reason to say it's not him. But I'm saying some people do think it's him. So who knows? It's a mystery. But yeah, that little dude's good, too. And I love Hallow Wicked. I think Hallowick is the most underrated guy on the Indies. He should have gone so much farther than he has. He's very good. Go, go to Sleepy Hollow. Money. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he's so much better than Delirious, it's scary. It's just sad that one has got so many opportunities and the other has not. And I like Delirious. I'm just saying, Hallowick is the fucking king. Yeah, that's... Recognized. Uh, yeah, exactly. Those two guys. I don't. I don't understand why Hollow Wicked hasn't hasn't broken out. Is it do initially you think he doesn't uh, want to leave or initially? Uh, no, initially I blame Quack because Quack sometimes treats his guys like indentured fucking servants. But I do think that maybe I don't know. Like I, I really don't know. I know Gabe's a huge fan of Hollow Wicked, so I think Gabe didn't book him for ROH just because Delirious was right there. And the similarities, whereas I'd have looked at it as, gee, they're a tag team everywhere else and getting over big time. Why don't we spice up Delirious and put, you know, an idiot could have told Gabe that. But for some reason, he had different plans, so whatever. But ultimately, I do think Hallow Wicked would have been a part of Ring of Honor if Gabe stuck around. I'm not sure what Adam Pierce is into. So. <laughs> well, let's, um, no, let's not discuss Adam. We're not going to bring up I'm begging you not to, please. Good. <laughs> every time, every time I bring up Adam on the show, I get I get in trouble. So I, I don't want any bad phone calls from Mr. Pierce this evening. No, I like Adam Pierce. I, I think he's doing a better job with the TV than he was a month ago. I think the TV is great. I have no problem with it. I'm going to a TV taping tomorrow, so I, hopefully it's good. The ones on Saturday usually are. So uh, Tony, yeah, um, I'm still here. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> tonight, tonight, and last Friday night, um, Oliver John and the rest of the Border Patrol have been working Tijuana. Um, have you heard any any rumblings? Any um, you know what type of heat they've been getting or, or anything down there? I haven't. Um, Ollie's been no really late busy. Now. No, no word as of late. No word as okay. of late. <laughs> Well, I, I, I know what kind of heat they can get. So um, if they can bring that kind of heat to Tijuana, we're going to hear about riots again. 
then Bob Barnett will have to go down and film, so there'll be evidence. Um, but yeah, I, I miss the uh, the insanity of Tijuana. You know, the the, the riot with Rey Mysterio in 2001. Um, all that fun shit. BobBarnett.com. Oliver John's really good. I saw him at the Cauliflower Alley. He's one of the few people on that show they had that I thought was pretty awesome. Was that this year or last year? This year. He was in oh. a battle royal and they had like a four-way match for some belt. With Chris yeah. Hero was in it too. And for the Heritage was, title. Yeah, and the whole show, in my opinion, was one of the worst shows of all time. Superstar Billy Graham said that was the greatest show I've ever seen, but I'm pretty sure he's bullshitting. But yeah, uh, the main event was really good because it had Oliver John, as you said. I not heard of prior to that. And Chris Hero well, and a couple other really you good know, you know what? We know what's kind of strange about that is um, Oliver will even tell you last year's Cauliflower Hour, Cauliflower Hourly main event he felt was better, where where he beat Go Shizaki. Oh wow, that sounds okay. awesome! Yeah, that sounds like a great match. I'd like to track that down. Pro Wrestling Revolution dot com. You should be able to get it there. I know there are clips of it on YouTube, but uh, you can get it from uh, Gabe Ramirez. He'll take care of you. I'll be doing one. Since he he uh, helped to run the show with Cauliflower Alley, so nice. Now, um, Go Shizaki. Rob, do you think he's going to make a good champ? Uh, I think it's all really difficult to say. Uh, it's just such. I talked to Hero a little bit. He's been over there for this whole entire thing. Uh, it's been rough, you know. I mean, Hero wrestled Saito yesterday and got. Pretty much knocked out with a kick. I don't think Saito's really all with it. I think he's been pretty damaged by the whole thing. There's been reports today at Tokyo Sports that he was suicidal. I don't know. Uh, I know Hero's not been told anything toward that from the office. So I'm not sure if that's just. I don't know if that's just you know people saying stuff or what, but it's bad. Everybody over there's really shaken up, I guess, and. You know, you all know, you've seen the footage, too. It's just fucking tragic, but I don't know. I mean, I hope Go does. I like Go a lot, but it's just obviously not the way you want to give him the belt, and just they got to regroup over there big time. So. Yeah, I, I think they're going to hand him the ball and let him go. Um, I like Go Chiyazaki. I know a lot of people talk some shit on him and think he's bland or boring or doesn't have flashy enough offense, but... I've always thought he was very good. I thought the match he had with Hero was fantastic recently over there. Uh, I don't know. I, I think he's a good guy to go with, but you got to have credible contenders. I wish I elevated Nakajima to a main event slot because those two will fucking tear shit down. But, well, I, I have the feeling that the next major program, I hope, is Go and Bison. Um, Mark has been ready for three years for the belt. So, mm-hmm. I mean... And he's the very large American that moves like AJ Styles and can put in time. So, uh, but now that the head racist of Noah's no longer with us, you never know what'll happen. <laughs> and you know that's a that that's a shoot. And um, Masala did hold back the guy Jin. So hmm. we'll see what'll happen now. There you go. <clears throat> should be interesting. I don't know. I hope Hero gets more tours. I was surprised he went back over anyway. He, I don't think he was even expecting to, and they just basically called him up. 
he stayed extra time last time. He obviously loves staying in Japan and learning, and, you know, they treat him pretty good over there. I couldn't believe he got the Takayama match, which I just watched. It was pretty good. You know, he, not too stiff or anything. God knows Takayama, you know, don't hit him too hard. It worries me. But uh, it's pretty, face pretty good little match. His, his, his face is his face is like Brutus Beefcakes. Oh my God! Yeah, it's so he's so said to be a really good guy, but man, he's, he's stiff, man. Those those clubbing overhand, you know, blows. Does anyone throw punches in Japan? I thought about this the other day. Like, who throws good punches in Japan? It's so much no one strike and chop oriented. Nobody does. It's really they're all like, they're all forearms. Yeah, like Guido does, but Guido watched Memphis and loves it. But, like, aside from Guido, I can't think of anyone in Japan that throws punches. It's, it's such a weird thing that I came to realization about. I'm like, shit, nobody throws punches in Japan. <laughs> I'm like, all right, it's weird. So, I, I, was, I was rude and I cut you off, Tony. I'm sorry. That's okay. It's your show, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have me on, and I never shut the fuck up. But, yeah, I apologize myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> any word of uh, Doctor Wagner signing a signing a contract since he won the mega yeah. title AAA? Yeah, he 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 signed an exclusive deal with uh, AAA. He's gonna uh, wrap up all of his indie shows that he's already agreed to be part of, and uh, he's gonna be an exclusive for AAA for at least a year. Hmm. Tremendous. So I don't know if that was part of the deal of him winning the title or not. Because the the booking situation seemed to be it could go either way, and I think if you mm-hmm. really want to sell the fans on Triple Mania, you got to guarantee them uh, Wagner winning the title. So you know if they had done that, I think they would have done a lot better. I just felt like they left a lot of money on the table. Because no 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 offense, God bless Messiah, he's really uh, come up to the play as far as you know just performance and just being a reliable guy. But uh, nobody really cares about him as far as the top spot. I mean. In his match with the uh, Messias, everybody just freaking freaking turned on him and just freaking booed him the second he got any offense in. It was kind of sad. Mm. So I, my feeling is that I, I that Messias should take a six month tour, you know, back to Puerto Rico, just disappear, <laughs> freshen up, and you know, get some uh, new juice and come back. <laughs> That's if he doesn't go to prison, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Oh my God, can you believe that? <laughs> That is insane. Yeah, I know. That's was, nuts. Him, him, Billy, and one of the pirates, right? Yeah. I think, what, I think that's who it was. Yeah, they they gone to an altercation. I think it was. I don't know if it was the night of the Triple Mania show or the night after that. They uh. It was they the night after. A, oh, okay, they met up quite a few uh patrons at a uh, what was it a, lo- a local ta- taco shop or something? Yeah. Yeah, well, it was it, it was funny, man, because the that that dude got pissed off at Macias, you know, for doing the coke in the car that this guy took Macias to go buy. <laughs> like, dude, that's, uh, that's messed up on so many different levels. <laughs> but, and, yeah, I, just, uh, I, think, I think he's on bail now, but, uh, yeah, if, he'd be wise to be, uh, be gone from Mexico for a while. I'd like to welcome to the show the most hardcore Canadian... Mr. Peter H., what's up, Pete? Not much. How you guys doing? Just, uh, just hanging out. Uh, just a real wacky, wacky show today. Um, yeah. We are, we're all over the place. Um, I, I talked to uh, Mr. Naylor early in the show about uh, Ray and uh, Jericho. Um, P- 
Pete, what what are your feelings on that match? Um, do you think Ray's going to drop the mask? Uh, from a merchandise standpoint, I think you know he the mask sells a lot, like for the kid market. So they're going to be losing money if they do. From a from a wrestling standpoint, I think it's time to drop the mask. I think it's, you know it's one of those things where everybody knows, when WCW dies, everybody saw him wrestle without the mask on. So it, it would add something new to the character. I, I think he'll lose it. Well, you know the the what what really gets me is that it it's Jericho's only putting up the belt. He's putting up a prop. I think Jericho should put up his hair. <laughs> that way, that way, it's it's you know figuratively a coin flip in the back backstage area, you know where it's not predictable. Why don't they make it a hair versus title? rematch at SummerSlam ladder match. Yes, exactly. And then and then I my prediction will stand. Ray will fall off of the bottom rung and blow out his knee and be gone Ooh. forever. Well, see that's what, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> now, I'll, uh, I'm going to I'm going to crack this joke which I've never cracked on the air before, but you know, the WWE Mysterio, why why why? He has sucked since he's put a Y in his name. That's true. Think about that one. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's why. Now tell me, why why didn't WWE save this Jericho um, Ray Ray mask match to headline a pay per view from Mexico? <laughs> you know, that's actually a really good question. You know, I can't I can't think of a reason why. I think they're just. They're not thinking it through. They don't plan things out in advance. But uh, you know, well, I, I think I'm, that if they of, had a, if they had a like the brand extension, like uh, you know, a SmackDown exclusive, then I could definitely see it headlining a pay per view. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But uh, I'm just thinking they're they're all working us right now. This whole Rey Mysterio, whether or not he's going to be with the company, so I think this is all just speculation, just to get us excited to maybe think he might drop his mask. Mm-hmm. Just, just my two cents. I think it's gonna it's gonna lead to a heel turn. He's never been a heel though. Where yes he has. Where in in Tijuana he turned heel and there was a riot. Oh. Okay. <laughs> but BobBarnett.com. It's on uh, one of the Lucha Looney's uh, DVDs. It's either one it's one one through eight. I don't remember which one. But yeah, Bob has the whole uh, Torneo Cibernetico. Followed by Rey Mysterio turning heel. Um, oh wow! I think that Mysterio should turn heel right alongside Punk. You know, it would be really fresh. Oh, that's they're, 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 they're building towards a Punk Hardy feud, but they're not going about it the right way. You know, they gotta have the. I think they should have like the whole straight edge versus the former drug user. You know what I mean? I'm better than yeah, you. Yeah, but they 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 can't they won't do it. Um, yeah. First off, first off, because it's on network TV. Okay, it'd be one thing if it were on Raw, you know, which is on USA Cable. That's that's a little different. Um, but it's on broadcast TV, so it probably won't happen. But I think it would work. I mean, obviously, Gabe Sapolsky knew what he was doing with the Ravens CM Punk feud. You know, I I, I just think WWE wants to. to... Uh, be away as far from drugs as far as they can be. I think just having a feud over one guy doing drugs and the other guy not doing drugs, I don't think that's a good idea. 
Well, I have a yeah, question about that. But that's SmackDown. Like, what do you do with Edge right now? He's not in the title picture, so... Turn him babyface. Um, Rob Rob Naylor earlier uh, said that uh, he, he would like to see a double switch. Uh, with oh. Punk, Punk going heel and Edge turning baby. So then you can have uh, Edge and Hardy against uh, Punk and whomever else. Yeah, yeah, that, that's kind of an interesting dynamic. They've done more things. Yeah. Well, you know, SmackDown... SmackDown's looking looking up. Um, the future's looking up for SmackDown. Uh, they're really building it, you know, heavy, heavy on the on the in-ring stuff. You know, they have some really good talents. Uh, ECW is just, you know, probably the best show um, that WWE produces a week. Um, I, I watch ECW. I enjoy the show. Um, I love the hearts. Uh, Finley, um, Swagger. Swagger, you know, needs a manager, and then he's gold. Um or you know a manager with with a penis, but um, because I, I don't believe that a diva could be a manager. Um, they're just hey, eye candy. Hey, zombie, just to change topic for a second, did you make that sure. announcement yet, or did I what now? Did you make that announcement you were talking about last night? No, 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 not yet. Um, probably okay. next week. Okay. Um, I I, I need to uh, discuss things with my wife. So, as far as programming. Um, I was in the, I, in the room when you were talking about it, and I was like, well, here we go. Just got the promo on the board. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. No promos on the board. Um, the the announcement is, you know, it's just a, a change in showtime um, because I'm, I've got a new job that I'm starting uh, next Friday that requires me to start work at 530 in the morning. Oh, so uh, being on at 7 to 9 is not going to fly. So, um, yeah, I need to sit down and talk with my with my boss. I mean, my wife, and you know, and, and work things. Oh, out. you're right, the boss. You're right. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> yeah, right. The first time. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'm I'm not quite sure what we're gonna do. Um, I was thinking of maybe taking a break, uh, but then no, because I mean, I I, I look forward to doing the show. Um, yeah. And it's a popular show, and downloads a lot. So. Hey, the, you know what? Those the, the trolls on the figure four board can talk all the shit they want, but my numbers don't lie. <laughs> exactly. Don't give them the time of day. <laughs> ah, fuck them. But, yeah, whatever. That's neither here nor there. So, now, for the, for the next pay-per-view, the mystery pay-per-view, as uh, Brian and Dave refer to it, which is a half to be up in Sacramento, um, which I'm not even going to be able to go. Um, but uh, we we have Ray and Jericho. Um, are there any other matches announced? Uh, the well, you got the um, scramble match ECW. You've got the Orton Triple H match. You've got the women's match, and I think you've got the Punk Hardy match. Mm. My show there. Sounds good. Yeah. I think there might Sounds be good. in the uh, the Mickey Maurice match as well. I think if they are looking for matches, they might they might just sneak that one in too. Mm-hmm. Now, I loved the beginning and the end of Extreme Rules. It's I loved the bread, but the meat in between I just couldn't deal with. 
Um, the the Ray Jericho match was blow away, uh, match of the year candidate, as far as I'm concerned, um, and as well as the ladder match. The ladder match was just insane, and the Punk angle after was great. Um, yeah. Now the I don't understand why that pay per view wasn't hyped up as much as it should have been, considering that they knew those two matches would deliver. Yeah, but you've got 14 pay-per-views a year. You're oversaturating it. So even if you have some great matches, it's like another pay-per-view? Oh, Christ, here we go. And because it's not a big four, people aren't going to buy it. Exactly. I miss 1988. <laughs> Don't we 1989. All? You know, January you had to rumble. Then in the beginning of the second quarter, you had a, a WrestleMania. Then SummerSlam. And then uh, uh, Survivor Series. And then, you know, everything was filled in between. I think that four pay-per-views is perfect for a pro wrestling company. It gives you three months to build everything up. You blow mm-hmm. it off at the pay-per-view, you know, and, and and you go from there. And it would take a lot off of the writing staff. In other words, they wouldn't need a writing staff. They could have a booking committee, a booker and a few assistants, as opposed to fucking Hollywood writers. That are writing what eight hours of eight hours a week of TV here, I guess. Do you think the two-hour free pay-per-view on Monday night will dip into the buys for Sunday's pay-per-view? Because yes. basically, it's, Monday's is a pay-per-view. No, you can't say it's not because it's, it virtually is. The writing staff is going to be getting carpal tunnel all the scripts they'll be writing in the next week. Mm-hmm. So, well, you know what? Honestly, um, <clears throat> I think that. It's, that will be one aspect, one factor that will hurt. Um, another factor is that the oversaturation, 14 WWE pay-per-views. That's not counting TNA and other things. And the third, the third X factor is UFC. Okay, UFC is hurting everybody as, in the pay-per-view market because and to a very lesser extent, affliction. <laughs> yeah, I well, I mean, just in general because they're. They're they're constantly putting on good shows, and the, the you just see these they, their stars are built up properly. Um, you know who the headliners are. There's never a question, and they sell the shows on usually just two fights, the main event and the semi. Sometimes you get like a third or fourth fight that's intriguing, but they have those two fights that that will draw the house, and <clears throat> also you know. I mean, money's you know money's tight, brother, all around, you know. So they people have to be careful on what they order. Plus the hype so specials. That, the hype specials are amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because you sit there and you watch you watch uh, 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 the blow off or not the blow off the uh, the the last show before WWE pay per view. Then right after you sit down and you watch a UFC preview show. You know, I can pretty much guarantee that you're going to want to order the UFC pay-per-view as opposed yeah. to the WWE pay-per-view. Uh, you know, plus the, the, there's pay-per-view dollars there, you know, where people can only order, you know, can only afford, you know, one or two pay-per-views a month. You know, and since UFC pretty much always puts on quality product, they're going to get one of those two buys. You know, yeah, I, I, no problem with UFC and I think WWE is, I think UFC has a lot of throwaway shows that they'll probably admit or maybe they're good shows, but the, for, for the a casual fan, they're just not going to do it. I think what UFC does is they they um 
you know, you could argue they, the WWE does this with the big four, but, you know, they, they they try to spread everything around to where they try to get you to order all the WWE pay-per-views, where UFC tries to get you to order at least a couple of them. I think that's well, the problem with know, WWE. Well, the bottom line is, I you know, Honestly, I think that the the problem is it's 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 pocketbook, brother. It's it's money, and you know people have a certain amount of money to to spend, um, and they're going to you know whatever they get their their best value out of, you know. And obviously, now, is there a preview after the bash before SummerSlam, or is it the bash and the SummerSlam? I have no idea. I believe it's Night of Champions. Yep, Night of Champions. Oh Lord. crap! That's right now. Yeah. Now, Night of Champions should be a three-hour Raw. It was. It was last week. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> Man, and I thought I was cynical. Jeez. Uh, I've been a fan <laughs> since on. WrestleMania 3 for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I got you oh, beat, sorry, brother. WrestleMania 4. WrestleMania 4, sorry. <laughs> I got you beat. My my first match was the January Battle Royal, 1979, at the Cow Palace. Nice. <laughs> my first match I saw live was Snooker and Barbarian. I was ringside. <laughs> that was oh, awesome. Wow. Oh boy. So uh, now, now Triple A, Triple A is is they're they're hot. Um, their 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 TVs have been doing very well. Um, their product is, you know, the cream is rising above, you know, you can you can forego some of the shit on the TV. But Who won the, that control the, match? Was it Conan or was it the other guy? Wait, what happened? Uh, the, the Triple Mania. The cage match. Yeah. It was Roldan's team that won, if I remember correctly, with Santo going over okay. at the end. Oh. So, but you know that shakes things up. Um, Jack and Teddy are feuding, uh, which is going to be really fun. Um, Extreme Tiger won the cruiserweight title, so you know that that opens up a lot of different matches for the cruiserweights. Unless he just drops it, which I I think is the plan for him just to drop it to Jack, because they want to build the division around Jack. So, um, I I hope I hope it doesn't go that way. Um, I I or or at least. It goes that way, but later, because I would love to see Teddy cost Jack a couple matches, a couple title matches with a, with a Tiger, so that Dude, it I'd builds. Love see, I love to see Jack and Teddy feud over the cruiserweight title. Exactly, but I'm saying eventually, have have Teddy have Teddy fuck with Jack while Jack's trying to win the belt, and then eventually Teddy'll try to screw Jack again, and he'll mess up and screw over Tiger, you know, and then you know, <clears throat> then. Uh, Teddy and Jack can do their thing, or, or even even Teddy with the Tiger to to make a contender, because there's automatically no. built-in heat because he cost them the title. Wait, well, what, I what, should what about that guy who signed on. over? What guy who signed with WWE this week? The Don Car- Carcass, or whatever his name is. Uh, so Dying Carcass? I don't know. I don't know. His name. <laughs> I like that one better. <laughs> I love you, Peter. <laughs> Dying Carcass. Oh, oh no, oh no! It's Dying Carcass Junior. Dying Carcass Junior. 
Yeah. I mean, he's going to be right up to the main roster. Why not have him do three over the, the Intercontinental title? That'd be an easy match to start with. Well, you know, the thing the thing with Dos Cotas Jr. is that he's been he's been saying for the last couple of years, I'm going to WWE, I'm going to WWE, and he's always <laughs> used it, you know, as a, as a bargaining chip. And to be honest, I don't think WWE would want him. WWE could have anybody down there that they wanted. Mystico. If they wanted him, they could get him. Yeah. They don't. They don't want him. Because no. if they wanted him, they would have signed him. They would have thrown him whatever it would take to get him up here. So, it, it's, it, you know, it's, it's on the... It's not WWE, you know. It, it's... And the thing is, Dos Caras is so fucking bland. He is so bland. I don't care what anybody says, he's bland. Now, Shocker, on the other hand, Shocker would fit right into WWE. He's American. He speaks English. He would fit in. Uh, maybe ten years ago. Now he's just a tub of goo. Well, yeah, okay. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, <laughs> what, what's... The, you know, age will do that to you. I mean, look, look at Parka. You know, he's a huge, big bag of bones. <laughs> the best bag of bones I've ever seen. <laughs> well, as you can tell, I don't have that much experience on the Mexican scene, so. <laughs> Come on, you. Hey, I'm up north, man. Come on, you give me some slack. Slambamjam.com. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got to head out, guys. I just want to give a quick shout-out to angrymarks.com. Uh, Tuesday night, ring the bell. I'll have my uh, guest spot there for my movie review. And, awesome. Uh, you know, Zombie, doing a great job. Don't let the trolls get to you, man. Awesome. Thanks for calling in, Pete. I really appreciate right. it, brother. You guys take care. All right, that's... Uh, yeah. Take care, brother. That was uh, Peter H., the most hardcore fucking Canadian in the world. I love Pete, man. He's a good dude. But, uh, yeah, you know... um. I'm 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 really I really got the itch for AAA now. You know what I mean? I'm I'm digging to see what what's going to happen now with the TVs since they're going to do it. Uh, they're going to tape and then air it four days later. So they're That's not, not going. Huh? That's not. They're not going to stagger it. Okay, I lost. Uh, I lost Tony. Um, Tony will have he'll call right back in. Let's uh let's uh, hmm I don't know what should I do. Uh yeah we'll we'll play the Ingram Marks commercial again. Pro wrestling got you down? Need something to lift your spirits? Listen to the podcast at AngryMarks.com. If wrestling gets you all hot and bothered, we've got what you need. Visit AngryMarks.com or subscribe for free on iTunes. The AngryMarks.com podcast where the marks is nothing but satisfaction. Okay. We have no Tony on the line. So... Yep. Well, we have about 18 minutes to go. I'll just, I'll just wrap it up. Um, thanks to Mr. Rob fucking Naylor for calling in. Rob, I appreciate you calling in, dude. It was... Awesome, awesome, awesome time. Um, really wackadoodle. Uh, also need to throw props out to uh, Fit Man Tony Galvin for calling in and, and speaking on the Wacky Lucha Libra. 
as well as uh, that hardcore Canadian Peter H for calling in. It's awesome to uh, hear from you guys on a Friday afternoon. Um, we'll wrap it up here. Go check out my sponsors, WrestleWarehouse.com. Um, they have a few new releases. Uh, 2008 shoot interview with Tracy Smothers, which is really, really out there. Um, this the shoot was filmed right after Tracy had um, that breakdown and the problems with his girlfriend last year. So, uh, really fun stuff. Um, as well as there's a two disc best of SoCal Crazy and SoCal Pro Wrestling. Um, you need to check out that two disc set. It's ten bucks. Um, well worth the ten dollars. I'll tell you. Uh, eight great matches. All eight matches are good. There's uh, a legitimate match of the year candidate on disc two. Uh, the cage match with SoCal Crazy and Jason Redondo. It's a legitimate match of the year candidate for uh, California. Uh, now that'll do it. Jeff, I think I'll put you over strong enough. Um, our other sponsor would be SlamBamJam.com. Um, you can get current and past Lucha Libre and Japanese pro wrestling. Uh, some really good best of comps. Um, there's some obscure uh, indie sleeves on there as well. A bunch of wacky stuff. Uh, tell Alfredo that Zombie from Rebel Guy Radio sent you. SlamBamJam.com. Also got to throw props out to the mothership. AngryMarks.com. Thanks to uh, Stevie J and the boys for hosting me and and uh, taking me into your family and into your bosom. Um, you can hit me on the MySpace gimmick, MySpace.com backslash Rebel Guy Radio. Or you can email me directly, K-I-D-Z-O-M-B-I-E 2000 at AOL.com. Um, that should... Uh, Wrap things up. I will talk to you guys later. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.